Hi, Andrew Dubber here from Music Tech Fest, and thanks so much for downloading the MTF podcast. Today, something really special that's kind of formed the centerpiece for a lot of new collaborations and projects that started at MTF Stockholm and is now carrying on through our satellite events, as well as in the world beyond MTF. Martin Nicole Regina is a musician and immersive multimedia content producer and consultant for VR, AR, and future technology projects. She's a consultant to the European Commission's STARTS program, which brings together science, technology, and the arts. She's co-founder of a global private aerospace coalition called Being in Synergy, and she's a civil astronaut training advisor for Space for Humanity. Martine Nicole is currently artist-in-residence at the Dwingelo Observatory Telescope in the Netherlands, where she's been reflecting the sound of her voice and of classical musical instruments off the surface of the moon using modulated radio wave transmissions. Now, Martine Nicole brought the project to MTF Stockholm, where originally she was simply going to perform and showcase her Moon Bounce project in collaboration with the Dutch scientists at the observatory. But as with so many things that come to Music Tech Fest, more people became involved, it took on new ideas and new directions, and it became a little bigger than it had been before. She sat down with Reuters journalist and AI specialist Jamila Knowles on the interview stage at MTF Stockholm. I think you'll really enjoy this. Have a listen. Martine Nicole Rogina. Brilliant. All right, then. Uh, we continue our a fantastic uh array of chats that we've been having here at Music Tech Fest uh, with someone who has just run from a nuclear bunker after bouncing things off the moon, which if you were here for the last session, you would have heard a little bit about that. But uh, Martine, please tell me what... I, I don't even know where to begin with this. All right, so what have you been doing here? Let's start with that first. Well, um, I initially was supposed to do a performance so uh, by myself, so I, um, I am actively moon bouncing. That's what you have been talking about before. So I'm reflecting radio waves of the surface of the moon passively. So that means it's literally the echo of the moon that comes back to us. And I collaborate with the Dwingelo Radio Telescope, which is a very amazing place because it's actually one of the first radio telescopes that was ever built. It's from the early 50s. And with this very radio telescope, they discovered that the Milky Way is a spiral galaxy. So it's, it's quite a monument, so I feel very honored. And I collaborate with two radio astronomers and they help me, um, like ham radio operators. And in the ham radio world, uh, they do moon bounce for quite a long time. So it was in actually, the uh, Americans used it to spy on the Russians, so they listened via the moon because on Earth they were jamming the signals. And so, uh, I, so I know it's a long answer, but I'm trying to give you, you the most. Keep going. No, I love this. Come on. The most profound one. So um, yeah, and what 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 I'm doing? I'm a participatory artist, so I uh, I combine science, technology, and art for quite a long time now. But um, most important for me is that I want to invite others to take part in this. So initially, I was supposed to only moon bound myself because we have to be with the moon. And uh, so it was a limited moment that we actually had the moon visible in the sky. And um, I was supposed to do that performance myself with my voice. So what I did was that I, and life with the echo of the moon. So what I did was that I invited people from all around the world, and it's quite some, a fascinating list of people, I hope we're gonna publish them somewhere, somehow, to send me sentences that they would want to 
say to Sister Moon because I, well, I'm German, so in German it's like sadly the moon is male, <laughs> but actually the moon is female in most of the other languages. So uh, I thought it would be a bit nicer to go for the female version of her because I actually think she is female. And uh, so uh, I invited them to have a meaningful dialogue with that, like one of our oldest ancestors on the celestial heavens that we all know. And I think that it's very good for us to re-establish this kind of profound and meaningful relationship to our universe because we are part of it, we're made from it. So I think that's got a bit, like this fascination for the universe got a bit, it, 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 I don't know, it, it got a bit too scientific recently and we don't have this connection, this emotional connection to it anymore. And so I thought it would be beautiful to invite people to talk to Sister Moon and now it all changed because we actually, uh, I found out that it's uh, totally possible that we have a lab performance and we invite the lab participants and the audience that would come to speak to Sister Moon themselves. So yesterday we did a three and a half hour, not two and a half hour, moon bounce session with uh, I think 68 or something people that came and spoke to the moon. And we had a live Skype connection with the radio telescope in the north of the Netherlands. And it was absolutely fabulous because people, I mean, they didn't know in the beginning what was happening and most of them didn't understand that it was coming back in real time. So they were sitting in front of that screen where there was like this recording going on and like this little screen of the astronomers that they could look at. And they look at it and then they get the instructions like there's first gonna be some noise and it's gonna be 2.3 seconds echo because the moon is really close right now and so on and so on. And then they hear the noise and then they say something and then they hear the echo of the moon and their faces literally changed to absolute mess. They were absolutely mesmerized. So it was really like this. And a lot of people were like with tears and Imogen Heap was uh, bouncing off the moon and Reaps One was bouncing off the moon. So Imogen actually in invented a kind of song that we are now using in this lab performance. Um, live so what we did is that we now together with a synth that is uh, actually made with gravitational waves and uh, some other elements we're playing with these samples live now so that's what you might see again tomorrow because we have just been told that we might do another performance tomorrow but that was the longest answer that you probably ever got <laughs> but a, a good one i think we'll agree and so that emotional contact i mean as you say science technology quite often seen as cold arenas even though the technology can be used to make quite an emotional experience and i'm having witnessed some of the people doing this and talking to them afterwards and saying you know i heard my fuzzy voice come back to me saying something that i kind of thought of two minutes before was hugely emotional and i thought god i'm being a bit silly you know it's just you know becoming a middle-aged woman and this kind of thing touches me Everybody seemed yeah. to have that experience. So yes. when, what was your experience when you first did it? Well, um, I was at the antenna. 
So, uh, and I have to say that I'm, I'm half Slovenian, half German, and my Slovenian side sometimes kicks in a lot, and it's very emotional. So I hugged the antenna, I cried all the time of happiness, and uh, I was like, like a little child. I was for one week, like they gave me some kind of excitement drugs. I was like jumping around like a, like a rabbit telling everyone like, look what I did. And so for me, it was, um, I, I learned a lot about it in advance. So I, uh, I'm part of, uh, I became part of Synergy Moon. I don't know if you had that interview already or if it's going to be later on, but Synergy Moon is one of the five finalist uh, teams of the Google Luna X Prize. And um, they kind of commissioned me to make an artwork to reflect, to the, like to go to the moon and reflect back to Earth. So I was busy with thinking about going to space for quite a long while and about that specific technology. I was very busy like finding out what to send, how to do it. When I did it for the first time, I was I was completely breathless. I mean, I was like. I, I, I suddenly realized that my voice just traveled almost 800,000 kilometers. And it was reflected by this thing that I know from, I mean, this planet, this moon, that I know since I was born, kind of, I mean. And um, I was, I, that's why I wanted to share it with everyone, because I felt like, oh my God, this is transformative. And uh, it, it made me cry in that moment. But uh, I wasn't in that session that we did. I wasn't the first one to moon bounce. Um, but like I'm always the last one. I'm, I'm doing maybe like this time I did the testings in the beginning of the Skype connection would work. But then I let everyone do their job. And then I had the radio astronomers having to tell me like, do you actually want to also say something <laughs> this time? And I was like, yeah, of course. So. Um, I, we moon bounced cello and bassoon and uh, drums and ukulele and uh, all kinds of music instruments because I, that, that was the idea of recreating um, the understanding of, of, of what is a musical instrument and how do we communicate with something that is not human. So uh, I heard cello. That was the first echo I heard and I already cried back. It, I was really like for, I was kind of amazed that my brain still could actually do something functional because I was so touched by it. So, And that happened yesterday as well when I saw the people and I saw the mesmeration. I was just standing next to it and you see it in some videos and I'm like having these tears and this smile. It's like, so yeah, that's what, um, that's, that's how it felt like. And so as as an artist, as a performer, uh, as a technologist. How important is it for you to be able to get this kind of access to machines? Because try as I might, when I walk into any kind of lab, I'm told not to touch anything expensive, um, probably for good reason. But you've, you've shown that these hugely influential, and in this case historical, machines have a huge function in the arts. So how, how do you, how, how can we make more scientists let us play with their stuff, basically, is what I'm asking. <laughs> well, I, um, I'm collaborating already for a while now with the European Commission and the European Parliament on a new, um, on a new unit, actually, that is called STARTS. It stands for Science, Technology and the Arts. And uh, it's about the inclusion of art in science and technology so to actually create holistic innovation. So I am 
consulting them and I'm sometimes project manager and sometimes curator for exhibitions and actually there are not so many scientists that tell you don't touch this. There is rather the academic body that creates the if, I don't know, the, the, the science has a totally different um, purpose. They have way more competition. Oh, the arts also has a way more competition. So I'm now making it a bit like unfair for, for, for the purpose. But in science, you write papers, you publish papers, you defend your work a lot. So um, it's very important that your experiment remains functional during the whole course of what you do, right? and what you need to research on. So when you invite somebody to touch your um, equipment, it might be breaking or it might not work anymore. And besides that, it's also that um, when I, I... I do that for quite a long time now. I do that for like, I don't know, more than 10 years now. The Empathy Studio, which is my company, if you want to say so, is basically that. We are, I'm, I'm trying to work on that, bridging the different fields. And whenever I meet this... Um, scientists or also engineers that are um, in these collaborations, there is fear of being misunderstood. There is fear of not being able to translate your mind into the world of the other person. So the most important is not so much to make them understand that you need their equipment. The most important is to make them trust that they will not be declared as geeks or as like specialists that have no vision or no no uh, no explorative horizon, and to create this kind of sharing place where this fear of anxiety and exploration is no longer there. So, this is basically how you can make them use their equipment quite passionately, and then they will become very supportive and very um, active. And once they understand that um, it, they don't have to speak in this language that like only the others that are doing the same research will understand, but they can actually share way other things with you. They can share that they sometimes are awake until six in the morning like you are, drinking 70 coffees per day and almost collapsing and they can, they see that there is like a whole different uh, way of connecting in playground than um, what is expected from them in their daily life. And that's, I think, very interesting and very um, beautiful to observe when it happens. And so, finally, because I know I'm going to get shushed at some point, even though I'd like to keep talking. Does this tap into the work that you've done with waves? Because I looked into <laughs> some of the work that you've done and certainly for me it described so many different connections that I hadn't really thought about visually audio wise and 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 seeing you do something with the moon I was thinking of tidal waves I was thinking how is she connect you know is it I mean maybe it's something separate but do you see this as a, a continuation of, of that exploration that you've already done well waves are everything it, that that's a short answer to it but to give you a bit more of an answer to this I well I I grew up with a strange mind. I was always interested in various things at the same time, so it was very hard for me to specialize. It was actually, I had a career in music business. It was very hard for me to be a musician only, and the record labels wanted me to be a musician only, and it, it always put me in a corner where I didn't want to be, so eventually I stopped 
and I recreated myself to be this multidisciplinary being that I am now a transdisciplinary, I say it because I like it more, the term, because you actually go over, you don't only mix over the, over the limits, you recreate ideas. But, um, well, waves is, because I, I became uh, addicted to any kind of waves, I'm a sound engineer, I'm, I, uh, I did observe the functionality of truthfulness inside my brain in a brain scanner. I, I did all kinds of research and then when I was asked to connect all of them and to bring it, to, to dense it down into a TEDx talk, this is what you saw, this is what you re referred to, I, uh, I was like, my God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to talk about myself in 15 minutes? And, uh, but we had this three-dimensional sound system, I guess quite similar to what is in there, and um, that we could compose music for. And I was um, very amazed by that we had these big screens and we had a sponsor actually that helped us to have all this technology available. And um, I had to find this red thread and then I saw like, oh my God, actually everything is waves. We're speaking about, um, well, light waves, heat waves. I mean, watch the TEDx talk and then uh, you, you're probably gonna understand it better. Otherwise I'm gonna do the whole talk. Again, but it's basically the, that the glue to me waves is uh, a little bit the theory of everything. All right, then. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to have to draw things here, otherwise, I'll get told off. But it's a pleasure to talk to you, and it's been even more of a pleasure to be able to talk to the moon because of you. That's a great <laughs> stuff. So, a big round of applause, please, for Mark. Thank you. May I just have one little announcement? Sure. Yeah. So um, actually, I, I just have to add one little thing that I didn't say before, obviously, because I gave the longest answer of the universe. We actually will um, provide these samples that we recorded, so you will be actually part of it. And it will take me a while to edit them, but then they will be downloadable on the MTF uh, web space somewhere. We're going to send you the link when it's time. And then everyone is invited to remix those samples in whatever kind of way. And we're working on a, we just explored this here, that we're gonna do this, that's why I'm announcing it now. Um, and it's gonna be a moon music compilation, but it's not restricted to music, of course, it can be anything. And also everyone is invited to send me sentences because it's an ongoing project. So we are continuously going to moon bounce. This is not a one-time event, it's going to happen many, many times. So that was it. Amazing stuff. Thanks so much for listening to the MTF podcast. That's it for now. Have a great week. Don't forget to share, like, tweet, subscribe, and help others find this. It would mean a lot. Cheers.